Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. The Greenlight Podcast welcomes you. Ryan Rosillo joins Chris and Kyle today. Good old-fashioned mailbag show with some NFL topics. We have a good bit of fun. We talk best historical figures who would make good podcast hosts, favorite athlete-owned moments, and Ryan tells a couple stories y'all enjoy. If I could make a Frankenstein of the sexiest bald men in America, uh, I'm gonna. I got Rosillo's pecs and Kyle's head. He's got a perfectly shaped bald head, and now they're together for the first time on the Green Light Pod. What's up, Rye? I gotta tell you, a Big Cat sent us a video of you the other day to Chris and I, and I was like, God, he looks good. You've been looking good. I don't Thanks, know what's man. going on with you. And you look jacked. Vibe. I'm just checking you out here in the monitor and studio. I'm just envious of the deep V. You got some, uh, you got some dressage on the on the uh, the necklaces. You're looking swole as well. So yeah, we'll talk I, I about his that. chain. We'll talk about his chain a little bit. That's got a little history. He's a he's a big he's a big he's like a diamond hunter. He he really knows how to go into these diamond shops and <laughs> no, shake these people down. Yeah, it was a it was a long negotiation. I still have no idea. I think I may dress up, just go full mustache with like a a bowler on, and then try to sell it to them to see what they say. Like I'm actually thinking about doing this just to see what happens and how bad the transaction ends up being historically. You but, know uh, when the shows when antiquers go and they like barter and they try to get the best like old Coca Cola sign. You need a show at the Ringer. Where you go and try to negotiate people down on uh, on, on chains and such. I, think really I like good. it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm the guy. I don't know if that's my demo. I I found myself. I didn't watch those shows a lot, but I think it was the American Pickers guys that annoyed me the most. And I think Van Pelt taped an ad with them back when we were doing the radio show. And he goes, "Dude," and he goes, "I taped this ad." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "What's up with those guys?" And Van Pelt goes, "We wouldn't hang out with them." <laughs> you know, that's, I was like, that's not shocking, but I always got a little annoyed. Like they'd find some guys like, you know, a, a mobile oil sign from the twenties yep. and the guy'd be like seven bucks, you know? 
And like he knows he's ripping this old guy off. I want it. I the, want it. In the heartland. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can't yeah. do this to these people. And they made a TV show about these guys driving around in a van being like, let's lowball all these old people and steal their shit. Yeah. Jeez. And no one felt bad. The guy's yeah. like, yeah, I got my foot amputated uh, last year. I don't have the money to pay my medical bills. But things have been all right around here. Okay. $5 for the, for the Exxon Fuck. sign. Like, fuck, dude, that is exploitative. I never thought about it. I never thought about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like know that, why. Right? Honestly, I think the show should have been less popular. It'd be like, all right, I lost my arm in WWII, but I was able to, you know, <laughs> grab these seven helmets from Normandy. And be like, oh, two bucks, two bucks a piece. Jeez. Exactly. Dude, this is the second show we've, uh, at least I've been a part of shitting on. We'll talk about Seinfeld in the mailbag section today because. <clears throat> I had a revelation, Ryan. I'll share it with you in a little bit. Um, these Seinfeld fans are out of control. All right, uh, Ryan, I want to talk a little sports before we get to this mailbag. As a background, when we get to the mailbag, I was just I was lost today. I've got a couple of mailbags for Ryan, Kyle. But, you know, like my wheels are spinning. I have like writer's block, podcaster's block. Ryan, do you ever get podcaster's block? I do. Um, opens are are tough because I always wanted to be really good those opening monologues and then I'll always remind myself be like hey remember when you had to do like four or five of these a day for a radio show yeah like you should be able to deliver on a good 10 minute opening for the three that you do each week but there's some mornings you'll wake up and you go what am I going to say by myself for 10 minutes well, the, the problem is, I no and I've never done the radio thing. I've done it as a guest. And when I go on a show as a guest, I never stress about anything because people are just asking me questions. And you know that imperfection is kind of baked into the whole experience. It's live. But then when you have a podcast, you're like, I want to get all my points in. I want to be perfect. I want to transition well from this thing to the next thing. And uh, I got to say, man, I'm not, I'm not jerking your chain here. No pun intended. Your monologues are fire. Like you got strong, you, you got some strong monologue. Yeah, you got the best monologue game in the game. So I just wanted to give you that compliment. I have um, a scouting report think, at least. Huh? Yeah, good monologues. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. <laughs> Same. Yeah. All right. So hit us. Did, did you hit Trent Dill for getting the job at UAB in one of your monologues? He's a buddy of yours. He's come on your show a lot. I enjoy hearing him on the, the Ryan Rosillo show, uh, but now he's the coach at UAB. Did this come out of nowhere? Did you know about this? I didn't. I mean, I always thought he was going to end up being a GM. So we just talked about this yesterday on the podcast because we have him on every other Monday. And then I was like, is it done? And he goes, no, I'd still like to do some stuff. But, <laughs> you know, immediately, like the first thing you do when you get a head coaching job is you tell everybody you're recruiting because I guess that's what you – I mean, he was already on it this weekend. So, yeah. you know, he wins another state title – the end of last week, and then he's recruiting for UAB. I did not know he was taking the gig at UAB. Whenever I talked to him, again, we're buds, but we're not like, you know, all we're not checking in with each other constantly like, hey, what's up with your life? But I thought maybe he was going to be a little more geared towards the front office because I know that he had been offered some stuff, and I think he'd be really good at it because I just think he's passionate. I think he cares, and, uh, and he's crazy competitive. But he said on the podcast with his sister, he goes, I need a whistle. I need to be yelling. I need to be teaching. Uh, I think he loves working with younger guys. So he's an on-the-field guy. Like, whatever you have in you, he was not ready to ever go upstairs, even if that was probably a faster path to becoming like a GM and making that kind of money. So he wanted to stay in the South. I think any of us that have traveled anywhere for college football, like when you are going to a UAB, even though it's not a Power Five, if, if you can nail it there, then he probably eventually, because I just assume everybody wants to keep getting more competitive and figuring out how they would do against the best of the best. 
um, maybe his his map in his head, and I'm assuming things here, is he's like, look, if I can do well at UAB here, then who knows, as opposed to maybe taking like a Dion, where good for him, but that's one of the toughest. It's a tough job. Maybe, yeah, like it's, if you think about Colorado now, it's probably one of the five toughest power five jobs, and I'm probably being nice. What What do you think the other like three or four are? I mean, and don't mention Virginia. <laughs> Vandy's tough. Yeah, Vandy's really tough. I mean, you can talk about okay, cool, you're in the South, but you just it's not the same. Yeah. It's not that you're you're competing against these other people where it's their religion. You know, when when these other big SEC programs want to get rid of a coach, they just call up the guys being like, are you good for a million? And they pass the hat and the coach is out of there. And then they hire the next guy. Like they don't fuck around. Not to say that that wouldn't happen, you know, at Ohio state or some of the other top programs, uh, other spots of the country. I think Stanford's a really challenging job right now because it was pretty clear. They were way behind as a university on understanding the transfer, the transfer portal. Uh, and I think Shaw even alluded to that a little bit, being like, hey, if we're going to mm-hmm. do this right now, like this transfer portal stuff, man, like it's it's changed it. You need a GM, you know, for a college program yeah. of of keeping on top of everything and evaluating the next guys and, and however the game works of hinting at a dude who's already at another school. I know that's sort of the unwritten rule. You're not supposed to be doing that, but, you know. You know I wonder if Trent's works. bringing Louis luggage to <laughs> Birmingham. He's probably coached some of those guys. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know the 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 Stanford job. I think Bronco Mendenhall is in the conversation for that job, and I think Bronco did a really nice job here. It's not an easy job in Charlottesville, and he did a good job, and he bumped his head on the ceiling here a little bit and discovered, I think, some of the challenges. Um, and got a little burnt out, but you know, like he would be a good candidate out there. You want somebody who's who's not your typical um, college head coach. I think he's he's a little bit different. He could he could hang there. And the thing about Stanford that sucks for everybody that takes the job from here on out is they caught lightning in a bottle two coaches in a row. Like Harbaugh was awesome, and then Shaw was great too. So they made it look easier than it is. They got to embrace the NIL stuff. They have to embrace the transfer transfer portal if they want to be competitive. Um, okay, Rye, how about the Heisman stuff? People are making a big deal about the Blake Corum uh, omission in New York. Are you as outraged as everybody else? Does it even matter? I mean, he's not going to win the award. Yeah, this is always kind of a funny exercise, especially when we do this with MVPs for the NBA. It's like, hey, this guy needs to be in the conversation. And you're like, why? So he, like, I need to, I need to make sure I mention somebody who's definitely not winning. Okay, cool. Like, great year from this guy. Uh, running backs are screwed now. You know, I there's no more important position, right? We, I think we all agree on that. So it's just tough when a quarterback puts up the numbers that they put up now. Like, do you know what you would have to do at running back to win that thing? I'll tell like, you. We grew up, right? It's it's Derrick Henry in 2015. Yeah. He he ran for over 2,000 yards. Like that's what it takes. And then Ingram in and then 09. He, and then he ran for 2,000 in the NFL and he didn't win the MVP. Right, exactly. So you learn the lesson at both levels. But like, fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. But like, yeah, it was 2015. I think he had he had 2,200 yards, and uh, in in 2015. And beat out McCaffrey and Watson, so he had to beat out like great players to win that. But he he needed over two thousand yards, and then Ingram in two thousand nine. Interestingly, Rye, it was Ingram who beat out Gerhart. Gerhart was the runner up, dude. Okay. Gerhart had like twelve hundred yards on an eight and five team or whatever it was, like seven and five. The team. white rhino. 
yeah, the white rhino, piece. which I think helped him get more votes. But yeah, like uh, yeah, to your point, you're not going to win this award if you're a running back. Chances are, it's been 18 out of the last 20, um, or whatever it is, quarterback. No, and I really think USC is like 500 without Caleb Williams. I agree. Okay, and I don't look at like I don't look at the Pac-12 championship game and go, okay, now my vote for Caleb Williams is going somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know how that happens. Did you watch what happened and how hurt he was? I mean, it just sucks that slide to the sideline of like all the things that could have gone different if he had just veered out and yep. and for him to get hurt like that. And he was hurting the rest of the way. SC was not a great football team. The defense wasn't very good. They live and died with takeover or takeaways. They were great. You know, usually that stuff, you know, it's a tough thing to bank on. Like, oh, we're just going to be in the positive on takeaways yeah. for years. I'm like, not really. It's, you know, fumble recoveries are luck. Tipped passes on interception. A lot of that stuff is luck. And SC was really lucky with that because the defense had moments where they couldn't stop anybody. And I don't know. I mean, look, it, without Caleb, they're probably six and six. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's impressive uh, what he was able to hide there a little bit. Even with all the talent infusion they had, like through the portal, they still wouldn't have been the team they were without him. And uh, I kind of wonder if the MVP is the same way in the NFL now. It's like it's based on more because of the media and the way we talk about things like every day and like RG3 has a new like these are my top three MVP candidates like on Tuesday and then on Thursday. <laughs> and then, you know, like – it changes from Tuesday to Thursday. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm exaggerating. That I'm oh, making the okay. point that like we we parse it too much. And you know, it used to be with the MVP. I think at the end of the year, you're just like, okay, where are the numbers? Let's look at the team. Let's watch the tape. But now it's like, hey, this guy played bad this game. There's storylines you know, every the, week. The, There's he ebbs had and a moment. To the story. Yeah, it's like you have a Heisman moment here. You have an MVP yeah. moment here. So it's it's interesting. It's like, like Joe Burrow, uh, you know, going and out playing Patrick Mahomes this past week. A lot of people are going to say, "Well, hold on a second, Patrick yep. Mahomes isn't the top MVP candidate." Yeah. Um, I'd love to know who you who you have as your top three for MVP in the NFL right now. I'm not off of Josh Allen. You know, that that's kind mm. of the, like I make this joke about quarterbacks. It's like other than the five or six best ones and then the worst five or six, the rest of them, like depending on how you feel, you'll be right. Just give it a week. Yeah. You know, like you can go, this guy stinks and then he can have a good game and then he's probably going to have a bad game. He'd be like, see, I was right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's so when the back and forth of the week to week, which is what we do. I mean, we talk about all this stuff for a living. If somebody had to do a radio show, we talk about college football and be like, you know what's not a great topic is college football will figure itself out. Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. You can't just sit there and go, week two, hey, who do you think can win a title? Ah, get back to me in December. Yes. All right, well, what are you doing for the 15 hours this week? Yes. Um, so we get why we do it, even if it feels like, you know, Josh Allen has the red zone issues, you know, the Jets game, the Vikings game, and you're thinking, okay, well, I can't. Like, you're not eliminated. You may fall no. behind guys, and you're not eliminated because I think he means so much to what is still what I think is the best team in the NFL. So that's part of it. I'm. It, it took me longer than it should have, but what Jalen Hurts has yes. become is so fucking impressive, man. Because like, I might be different as an NFL voice. Because I watched so much college. Mm-hmm. So when you watched a lot of Jalen in college, it was a lot of one read and I'm out of here, you know? And I don't like quarterbacks that kind of default to run. 
Because to me, like when young guys come in and everybody gets excited, like, oh, look how much this guy's running around. It's like, yeah, that's because he has no idea what else is going on. He's like, well, this will work. Just relying I'll get a few on yards here. Yeah. yeah, but that's not that's not like a long term solution to it. And what hurts has become now is somebody that'll make challenging throws. He trusts his receivers, and the run for him is just this additive where I felt like it was a default. That stuff at the goal line, like what are you supposed to do when it's like, okay, Hertz can keep it. He can inside handoff. There's a guy streaming across the back, streaking across the back of the, the end zone. And then Devontae Smith ends up just standing in front of him because he's wide open because there's all this other eye stuff going on. So I think Jalen um, is definitely in that conversation. It's tough to write off Mahomes. I think Burrow's part of it too. I'd love to pick a non-quarterback one year. But it's Tyree just hard Kill. to make the argument. Yeah, I mean, it is just it is a quarterback award. I mean, we say MVP and we talk about who adds the most value to a it's, team, and you got to say it's the quarterback. I mean, it's it's it's, it's yeah, it's impossible. The the the, the way the award at the is highest named, level at least. I, I mean, mean, like it's basically the Derrick Henry argument, which makes sense to me, and yeah. I consider him to be the MVP for their team. But for the other thirty-one teams, it's usually the quarterback. Well, it's basically like trying to assign EPA to a player on a team. Right, like it's like, hey, um, and by definition, what he mentioned with Jalen strengthens his case a great deal because, like, you are legitimately adding value in the low red, a very valuable part of the football field for an offense, and that is a value you don't have with with other quarterbacks. So, like, yeah, you're evaluating Jalen Hurts on how he throws the deep ball, you know, the way he 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 goes through his progressions, you know, how he scrambles, how hard he is to sack, his leadership, the whole thing. Like, he checks all those boxes. But then when you get in the red zone, he adds something that Joe Burrow absolutely can't. And Patrick Mahomes can't even. Joe Burrow flashes a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes. He gets a little sexy uh, with the legs. No, and he's, but he's not, a, he's not a threat in the same way that Jalen exactly. is. Exactly. Nowhere, nowhere schematically, it dictates you yeah. can do all these things. So I, my, my top three right now are, you know, it's uh, Mahomes, it's, um, it's Joe Burrow, and it's Jalen Hurts. Not in that order. Mm. Just like, again, I hate to do this to Ryan, but like check back with me in five weeks. Um, you know, like... Allen's right on the outside of that, even as bad as he's played. Yeah, because we're one I, or two vintage Josh Allen games away where we're like, God, he's just his Heisman moments. Like, his Heisman yeah, moments. He's got to have his. So, yeah. so, you know, I think the thing with, that people don't think about with Buffalo is the, 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 the line between them being an offense where you're like, eh, and yeah, they're high powered is Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. you know, like outside of the quarterback. So the offensive line's not great. The run game's been good. Cromer's helped. Cook had a great week last week. The whole thing. Gabe Davis is a number two, but I think we got a little bit He's inflated lulled, on his value He's here recently be- because of that playoff game yeah. last year. The, you know, Knox is a nice nice piece, but it really is Josh Allen doing a lot of shit there. So yeah, interesting conversation. Check back with me in five weeks. Can I ask Kyle this? Yeah, I felt at one point watching Micah Parsons destroy everybody's plan. That I go like I was I was almost motivated and I brought it up on the pod I don't know a few weeks ago where I go like why can't he do this if you're this game wrecking edge guy um, like what is that like from your perspective Kyle of of how much somebody like that changes is it is it fair is it worth bringing him up or is that sort of a social media creation no that, I mean you know, a, a guy a guy like Micah Parsons we call him you know game wreckers game plan ruiners and. Not only do they ruin your game plan, but you still have to take the entirety of the week to put points of emphasis within the install on, hey, we have to know. I'm just going to use 99 as a number because Aaron Donald, obviously. We have to know where 99 is. You know what I'm saying? We have to know where he is at all times. And every single one of our plays is schemed up as as such where somebody's going to be hitting him below the legs. Somebody's going to be chipping him on the way out. We have to keep eyeballs on him when he covers. And, you know, 
uh, in the naked game, a guy like Micah can uh, can eliminate naked from your game plan. Yeah, you can. Like, um, we're not booting out. Can't side. boot. Can't boot. We might boot left, uh, and we might have to go <clears throat> check polar, which a lot of times is opposite. Polar opposites. Check check polar polar. Now we're naked the other way. Everybody yeah. knows because of the alignment of of where Micah but, yeah, is. Yeah, you might. That's be what the, Dan Quinn has might, to deal with every week. He has to fucking like. He's got a special operator on his team. And you might be on. Yeah, it's easy to check, but you might have a look to one side of the field. You might be on a hash. You might be. You know, so it does definitely affect the way. If a player takes meeting time up, that is value. And we and, and a lot of times we say there's some there's two trains of thought here. One of which is we're going to see how bad Michael wants to play football. And we're going to run everything at him. We're going to give him everything in, except the kitchen sink we're, we're going to throw at him. And then the other train of thought is what I was alluding to earlier, which is stay away from him, respecting him. Um, and there's adjustments within the game depending on how your your initial plan was. But, yeah, he's a, he's a game wrecker. Now, or you could do option three, which Nick Sirianni, who's a fucking genius, my, my pick for coach of the year, I uh, hope that bet cash is <clears throat> it pays out pretty well. Um, he's like, yeah, let's not block him. Let's just Monday Night Football. That was one of the wildest things that I'd seen was like, hey, we're just going to – and as an edge player, I can tell you that works. Making a guy who respects his keys – go through his progression, and so, that slows him down. And and I thought that was a really interesting wrinkle to throw at him, and it'll be interesting to see what they do to him on Christmas. That raises a really good point. That's a really good point. It makes me think of something that we had to deal with with guys like Clay Matthews and we, we've dealt with with T.J. Watt and players like that. The spinner look, which is where that defensive end comes off the ball and he moves over the A gap, B gap. He can be in either of those gaps at the snap of the ball. They're floating. They're yeah, he's playing a floater. with you. You saw with Anthony Barr in Minnesota a lot, you know, the freedom to move around. And the other players on the interior, now the onus is on them to then be the, the guy distinguishing mm-hmm. Reed uh, for, for the keep or the give. And uh, he has more freedom within that. I'm excited to see how Dan Quinn. Uh, implements that in the game against against the Eagles. You know, I'm not an athlete anymore per se. I did just join a softball league, uh, but I'm a podcaster, and to podcasters, gut health is very important. My morning routine is very important. My breakfast is very important. Walking downstairs to the kitchen to the song Narco is very important to me. But nothing is more important than drinking AG1. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and I wanted to find a nutritional drink that could add to my daily routine to improve my gut health and energy. I just rip it open and it's over with. I don't have to mix a bunch of stuff, it's easy. I've been on it for six months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, which is a good thing, it tastes really good. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. This is the best option for easy, optimal nutrition out there. You take one scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. It's that simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. 
I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there, and the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original, and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays, I gave you the, the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice-cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and i got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet. Heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com slash Greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, so it's time. I'm so tired of talking about football, guys. You know, like, we, we did a really good job there. Hopefully people that came for analysis, uh, their, their thirst awesome. is quenched. Now we got to do a mailbag. Now we got to fuck around. And I, I'll start here. We got a little bit of everybody here, but I'll start with this one. Okay, this is a Mike White moment, right? You got people coming to the game in Mighty Ducks. Uh, jerseys, they've got Mike White t-shirts, fans love Mike White, Mike White is popular right now. We know it's probably not forever, could be, could, he could be Kurt Warner, he could be 6'5", Kurt Warner with a fade, um, but chances are, like, the world moves on at some point. What are your favorite athlete moments? And I'll give you mine as, like, you know, like somebody that owned a, a moment, but but then... The world kept on moving. For me, it was Jeremy Lin. It was Lin Sanity. I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'm a Knicks fan. I had a Lin Sanity cut-off T-shirt. I'm down in the Caribbean. I'm watching at a beach bar with Meg. And, like, uh, he just owned that moment. It was crazy. You knew he wasn't the answer, and the Knicks weren't that good. <laughs> but it was fun to watch. He was entertainment, for sure. Yeah, and the, and things the world moved on and he Lin, had that and one kind of swag about him too like, then he drew know? grew like dreadlocks and, and somebody got mad at him yeah somebody got mad at him and he, he was like what's that tattoo on your arm yeah <laughs> but but in that moment jeremy lynn was the fucking man so who is your jeremy Insanity. lynn another part of the jeremy lynn story was when he went down to play the heat after it had been going off for a little while LeBron and Wade were fighting over the chance to defend him. Like they wanted to just destroy him. <laughs> it was very weird. It was like, hey, we're going to, we don't even care if we win. We want to humiliate you and play the hardest defense in a regular season. Is that season like Tony Kukoc as well? Is that what they did? Yeah, with Tony, they, Kukoc? Yeah, Tony, Tony Kukoc. They wanted to get his he, ass. He, they jumped him into the gang. Uh huh. Hey, now, 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 uh, so. You guys ever been jumped in? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, to the NFL. It took eight years. Yeah, still. (laughs) I was in St. Louis. Um, No, but honestly, um, if LeBron was on the pod, we know this wouldn't be his answer. It wouldn't be Jeremy Lin. Kyle, do you have one, Brian? I have have one, Ryan. You can think of one while I'm saying this. But I remember, I don't remember the exact year, but Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden. That's exactly right. And, you know... The drills and the training was probably a lot of fun in that game, and it was probably a great uh, a great year for Peyton. And then I think he kind of faded into obscurity as it pertains to elite status in the NFL. Man, he really did own that moment. He though. had the cover of Madden. Is this Jack Patrick Mahomes? Peyton Hillis. He was just jacked, liver king looking ass <laughs> running back, and uh, there, he ended up on the cover of Madden. Like if you go back through, ask a twenty one year old. Put all the Madden covers in front of him, 2000 to 2022. Ask how how many of those 21-year-olds could name who that guy in the Browns uniform is. Three out of 100? Yeah, it's. I don't think there's – it's an anomaly, right? There's been nobody else that's really – Flashed for you? No, running backs have had little moments, but not no, white guys on Madden the juice. Covers, you yeah, know, that, no, yeah, as, yeah. as Madden covers goes, that's right. the most – That's an anomaly. That's the, the, the rogue wave. In addition to that story – I was at ESPN, and back then there was a TV show that had a deal with EA. ESPN had like you know really good relationship with EA Sports, and they would do the Madden release cover for this TV show. And so I'm in Connecticut, getting my day started, and they're like, "Cowherd may have had a heart attack. Can you cover for him today?" What? I'm like, wait, what? They're like, and seriously, his show's about to start in like 35 minutes. And I'm getting out of the shower and I go, okay, whatever. Throw on whatever I can throw on. I can get to ESPN in 25 minutes from my house. I walk in and I do a live three-hour show with no idea that I was doing it, okay? And then on top of that, his TV show, they were like, today's the Madden release party cover deal. So you're going to do that TV show too. Cause Cowherd's out. And now he had chest palpitations. He was fine, but like people were freaking out. Like <laughs> did Cowherd die today? <laughs> I didn't know this. About so Cowherd, the, the other part of that was that with Peyton, it was, it was Mike Vick and it's not that hard to figure out, but the other co host did not want to engage with Mike Vick the right. entire show. Right. Cause he had just gotten out. And so the producers are like, you're going to be Mike Vick's best friend all day, and you're going to do the show, and you're also going to shield how odd this is that the other host wants nothing to do with Vic the whole time. And I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. So we're taping the show. It's not even live. So whatever the show was, if it was an hour, we were probably hanging out for like two to three hours. Yeah. And so it's just me and Vic, and while Peyton Hillis is over here, just sweating, you know, mm-hmm. super intense. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the... What's been going on, man? How you been? <laughs> <laughs> and to Vic's credit, he was he was as cool. I mean, you know, again, I and he's been on your show too. Was a cucumber, and he's been on your show too, right? Hadn't he? Yeah, like recently, Mike. Yeah, Mike's, he's been on with me a couple times. Mike's cool. I mean, obviously, Despite, you know, he did some right. bad stuff, but uh, he's always been cool, especially as a hokey. I mean, I run into him; he's all right, man. Um, okay, yeah. How about Tua? <laughs> I'm just joking. Just kidding. Just taking the temperature in the room. Just taking the temperature Look, in the room. I, want, I thought Tua was going to be great. That's why I was so frustrated after week one. So Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Here's another one. Uh, Mary, fuck, kill. Sorry, Kyle. You can stay out of this if you want. But, you know, he's like a professional Maybe, maybe I'll play. Okay, we'll see. 
Somebody sent Shannon? this in, Ryan, because you were you were posing with Roger Clemens. You know that picture, you and Roger Clemens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at a supplement store. <laughs> Rocket. <laughs> supplement store. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you. Did. No, I'm like real. It was a rough part outside of Boston. He had had a relationship with this guy that owned a supplement store, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But like weight belts and everything, you know. And so there was these day guys hammered. You know, just mm -hmm. wasted across the street, and they saw Clemens. They're like, "Ah, fuck you, Clemens! Fuck you, dude! You fucking suck, Roger! Fuck you!" And he's like, "Hey guys, what's up, man? Hey, all right, you have any? Like, he completely destroyed them with positive vibes back their way. It was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Like Clemens is getting worked by these yeah. drunk day drinkers across the street because people know Clemens is going to be because when he was in Boston, he had a relationship with this guy, and. Clemens completely disarms him by being like, "What's up, guys? I did not right, expect I that. There. I did not expect that out of Roger Clemens. I can only picture so, Roger Clemens walking around in a baseball uniform. And so it sounds hat. like Ryan's going to marry Roger Clemens. But let me give you the other two: Bonds and McGuire. Hey, Ooh, I love the yeah. To me, I look the '86 Red Sox season. Clemens is 14 and 0. Starts for the American League. I kept score of the All Star game. Oh boy! Like I, I watched it on TV and kept score of it. I think Lou Whitaker went deep in that one. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty young to be doing that. Yep. There's little signs there where you're like, oh, this guy's gonna be yeah, a podcaster. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Mary Clemens, yeah. Mary Clemens. Mary Clemens. Okay. And I'm fuck him. I'm marrying McGuire, dude. I think he's probably a cool guy. Is he cool? I had plans to kill Mark McGuire. Oh, I'm I'm killing Roger Clemens. <laughs> conversely. And you're going to fuck Barry Bonds, man. You have to. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> yep. Pittsburgh Barry Bonds. Ooh, I don't know. See, here's where we defer. I want Balco Bonds. You want, you want, I thought you weren't playing. <laughs> this is good. Balco, I want Balco Bonds. Balco Bonds is good. He's got to be in uniform with the eye black. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Just parking balls out into the ocean. Bring a kayak. Uh-huh. Seinfeld fans have, have uh, come together to... We have a TikTok page here at Greenlight, so go follow that if you're on TikTok. I, I don't check it, but once a month, and I went in the other day, and they had posted my Seinfeld tape on loop there, and it has like 700 comments, and it's all white guys in their 30s and 40s oh. telling me I'm not smart enough to get the jokes. You know, that's the problem. With, that's why I'm not laughing at Seinfeld. So I would just... I'd like to say this. You guys are the fucking worst because I'm plenty smart enough and those jokes just aren't that funny. It's like Rick and Morty fans. I don't know if you know Rick and Morty, Ryan, but the, it's like a really, it's like a, it's like a really like high, I do highbrow it. cartoon. It's awesome, and, and, and it's yeah. a smart guy show. I guess you know there's a lot of smart references like quantum physics and shit in there. But people like to make fun of the the average casual Rick so, and Morty fan. So there's a Rick and Morty hive. It's I like didn't, you don't get Rick and Morty. You're I, too stupid. I didn't know that, and we're easy targets. But uh, I was going to ask, what's the worst fan base? Give me some of the worst fan bases of all time. It could That's be sports. It could be popular culture. And Ryan, do you think I'm not smart enough to get the jokes? No, I just don't know that the pace of Seinfeld, what you, the biggest mistake and when you told me you didn't really get it is you started with season one. Season one is molasses uphill in the wintertime. Okay? Mm. It just goes too slow. They haven't edited out kind of the way they want the show to work. You know, shows kind of grow, and that one grew to a point where the beats were a lot faster. The jokes were more absurd. But it wasn't about a line, boom, boom, joke, laugh. It was like, think about the John Voight's car episode. To sit around and be like, okay, we want to do an episode where George thinks he buys John Voight's car, but he can't prove it. 
but then there's a pencil with his teeth marks on it. And then however that happens, Kramer runs into John Voight in the, on the street in New York City and has a bloody nose. So Voight thinks he's a crazy person and Voight bites his arm. So then they're, they all know that they're going to be going to Tim Watley's party, a dentist. And they're hoping to bring the pencil to match the bite marks on the pencil to the bite mark on Kramer's arm to figure out if, in fact, it's John Voight, the actor's car. Like, to have guys sit around and go, what do you want to do next episode? And that be the product is fucking genius. So, like, it's, so it is. So, no, but it's funny. Like, okay, so the concepts are funny. It's It's smartly designed, okay? Like... But it's just the execution of the jokes, the dialogue for me. It's just not. It's not my thing. It's. It's. It sounds like but you start on season one. Did okay, you jump and, into and any of the other I went, ones. And then I asked fucking Matt Kingston here about like, hey, which seasons? I went to those seasons. They're they're fine. It's fine. It's not bad. It's not cringe. It's not awful. The stand up's not great. But you know, it's where I like curb your enthusiasm. Because it, it legitimately, to me, sounds like people are having a conversation. Yes, it's it's a bit theatrical. Yes, it's a bit played up. Yes, they're reading a little bit, but literally, they're fucking ad libbing. And and you know, it's that also twenty years later, though. It's yeah, also I, filmed. You know, like guilty as charged. I'm, you know, right? like Barney Miller was a great show. If you watched it now, I don't know how much you're gonna laugh. I okay. think some bad fan bases. It would be uh, soccer. I I got kind of made fun of. <laughs> I got kind of made fun of. It would be soccer by some soccer fan. Some fans. They said I'm a casual. You know, you're an American. You can go dormant for another four years until the the World Cup comes back. And I, to that, I say, number one, fuck you. Number two, I'm just here to support the USA. You know, if you put if you put anything in red, white, and blue and competed it against there the other go. countries, I would oh, say yeah. I'm in. Like. Yeah. Why am I not on the HD channel? I'm on the standard D channel right now. Yeah, I don't know about the Vietnam War, but you know, we, like you sports, know, uh, and that's where they're start Chris, Chris, Chris. Of July over here, Chris. just you know, getting, like, pointing out the the zag to rooting for American Chris. soccer. No, but it is true. There are certain things like soccer is a very safe thing to all be patriotic about. Like we're all these days, like the patriotism is loaded, right? You see an American flags. Yeah. Right, but my, my point is, can we all admit it's cool to root for your home country? Hell yes, that's the thing. And it's not like, have to it's, it, do a qualifier. Like, I saw this guy, granted, it might have been the Atlantic, who was like, the whole concept of rooting for your nation is outdated anyway. You're oh like, my God, yeah, come fucking, on. Is it possible to even get to this point? And he had to, but like, everything is, is gro- like, when there's a guy from your hometown that's a professional athlete, everyone rallies around that and takes an interest in it. They think it's great because it's like, hey, he was one of it's your us. region. And you expand it, it, it. You just expand it out to the point of like, it's not some intimidating form of nationalism. It's it's simply like, do you want to be the guy who has a fucking around jersey? What was that <laughs> word? What was that country? Around, like, you know what I mean? Like that one yeah. buddy of yours that goes, I actually root for English. The English. No, it's like, like nobody. What? Nobody wants to be that. And People always want to unite the world, and it's like the easiest way to do that. Let's unite the country first, and this is a, a simple way to do it. It's like put a team out there, put them all in the same thing with our flag on it, and people are going to root for it. Well, and, so, and even and even it. the guy, the way soccer is, and soccer fan base is like they're more intellectual, and and like yeah, they 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 have to be because I'm not smart enough to get it. I mean, fucking, but like it's it's. It's a safe thing to be patriotic about. I just think it occupies a really interesting niche where, like, on Twitter, 
in 2022, a bunch of people can be patriotic for a day yeah. and actually not feel weird about it because it's not loaded. Not feel alt-right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the, the, it's the same thing with the women's national team. It's the same thing with, uh, with uh, you know, basketball when we go to the Olympics and that sort of thing. And the Olympics and that sort of thing. But soccer, for some reason, everybody just parks it and watches. And I agree with you. Soccer fans are tough. It's, it's like, you know, the hockey. The worst thing to happen in soccer. Huh? Soccer yeah. would grow if it weren't for soccer fans. Yeah, I think also, uh, if not for the uh, NIL money now, there's no chance that nickel that's never going to see the field at uh, you know an SEC school is going to pick up some Diodoras. I mean, like now the now the fact of the matter is you can make money in college. So there's no way our best athletes are going to play soccer at any point. Uh, I, I want to throw uh, Lakers fans in the mix. Yes, Lakers. I think the Kobe death. fans are like another level, like the Kobe Laker fan. It can be even tougher than Laker fan. Uh, climate change activists. Okay, <laughs> they ruin art. Yeah, well, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of like Dolphins fans ruin the Dolphins. Base? It's like Dolphins fans ruin the Dolphins. Uh, climate change, very real. Okay, we got to do something about it. We get it. But the potato on Van but Gogh, that Monet is beautiful. <laughs> well, also, like, you really think anybody's going to do anything differently now? That poor security guard sitting there. He's gonna. He knows he's gonna get fired. There's think, syrup on the Monet. The, no, you think the BP guys like? Oh man, I was a big fan of uh, Rembrandt. I'm probably gonna stop <laughs> <laughs> ruining the planet. Okay, so yeah, fan bases. Yeah, we like the team they root for. We just don't like their message board. Thank exactly. You. Hey, you. and listen. If you have, if you if the, if you ride around your city and you see, the more you see those flags that go in the uh, the, the the windows when you roll up and they put the flags like Laker, mm-hmm. Cowboy flag, the more the more flags there are of that team, the worse the fan base is to deal with. Ah, I'm telling you, it's a it's a canary in the coal mine a little bit. We had four when you played at UVA. Yeah. Yeah, we had on, a couple. Right, but you don't see many Virginia ones, so we're not that bad. Um, okay. These are the history ones for for Ryan. Historical figures that would have the best podcast. Great question. Um, El Duce comes to mind. (laughs) Mussolini, media background, was very, like, to the point. Definitely was like, hey, this is how I feel. Like, uncompromising. If he weren't first take, he would never give in. He would submit nothing. (laughs) You think you'd have him in a... You think if you have him in a corner, he'd just be like, nope, you're wrong. Mad Dog, a translator, and Mussolini. Yeah. He just, guys would be like, I don't agree with his points, but he's very convincing. There's actually a right answer. There, there's one right answer, and it's it's Alexander Hamilton. I mean, this guy, Yeah. okay, first of all, he could do everything. His story's incredible. He's hanging out in St. Kitts. His mother is a woman of ill repute, which just means they weren't, like, wed perfectly when they had the kids and back then if the kids were out of wedlock the schools were like sorry we're not going to teach you yeah like imagine that be like my parents had something dicey going on hey you're going to be dumb the rest of your life here's a shovel you know so <laughs> hamilton and then his his mom and him i think they both have the yellow fever at the same time and she dies in a bed next to him as they're both going through this awful sickness so now he's orphaned And all the stuff that she had, the first husband who was out of the mix was like, I get to keep all the stuff. But they had a library of books. I think it was 34 books. And the dad took those to sell them. And then a family friend bought the books back and gave them back to Hamilton. So self-taught. 
And then he ends up at some merchant's office and they're like, this guy's actually a genius. He's really good with a quill. So let's get him over to New York. We're going to teach him up. Didn't they raise and money for we, him? Didn't they? Yeah. Like the, the, there you go, Kyle. You, guys, you, the, you learned Kyle. it. The, the, like his town was like, we need to put him on scholarship. <laughs> so they put, they like protected we need, him. We need to get this guy on a, on a schooner north. <laughs> yeah. um, granted, probably, probably not a schooner for that kind of trip back then. But anyway, uh, he's, he's, he's in this city for a very short amount of time. And now he's in with George Washington. Uh, he sets up banking. He's a fucking hothead. He's challenging everybody to duels left and right. You know, that was his ultimate demise, although there's some historical debate over whether or not he actually thought he was engaging in the duel with Burr. Oh, uh, we all have our vices, he, Ryan. Right, right. But, I mean, think about that. He's he's on top of finance. He's on top of politics. He's on top of international stuff. Yeah. He's, he's on it. Oh, Military he, I, tactic. He There's no topic that he couldn't talk about. And he's constantly calling people out. All these that's overcoming a, podcast podcasts. Episode. Yeah, he would. He'd be a hot take artist too. But uh, all these overcoming podcasts, you know, where it's just basically like, man, all this stuff happened to me. And, I, you know, like all these mindset podcasts, he would blow the, those things out of the water, all the things he's been through. That's crazy. I didn't know that about Alexander. Captain Hamilton. James Cook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Captain James Cook, man. Oh, been of, everywhere. What kind of ad reads would he have? With uh, a ship. All right. So what about what about, what about Genghis Khan? Like a live travel <laughs> yeah. one? Yeah. Where he's like, all right, uh, we took over most of China. This <laughs> Updated week. body count daily. Yeah. Uh, We're up to three million square miles. Expanding, three million. Expanding rapidly. Ad reads for Lime. There's just piles of dead bodies outside the studio. Are you having trouble keeping track of your property lines? <laughs> With Simply Safe, <laughs> I, got, I got a question for him. So, if you were to be in the World's Strongest Man competition, which event would you feel most confident in? Pull-ups, probably. Do they do pull-ups at the World's Strongest Man competition? I don't know. You know, like Atlas Stones. You can either do the Atlas Stones. You can stand in the car and I, carry look, it. I, just to back up here, you know, yesterday I was squatting and I was using the Kabuki bar. And I don't know if that was the problem, but my my Apple Watch called nine one one twice while I was doing it, <laughs> and they called me back. So I'm sitting there with the bar over me, and I'm and my wrist is vibrating like crazy, and I'm going, "What is going on?" The watch, I think, thought I was under so much strain that it called nine one one. Damn, dude! So, right, right. Um, Fire engines pulling so, up to Equinox. It's just riding right. So solo. they're like, "What's going on keg here?" Toss. Like, you can toss a leg keg. Day. You could. You're jacked. Those arms. I could. I those could. Arms. I could. Yeah, I could do that. But aren't they full? You know what I always thought was a little aren't overrated was was hauling the truck. Yeah, I could do that. I so, always felt. I always felt like whenever I see videos, some asshole on Instagram with like a car behind him, and then he's walking. He's like, "Look at me." You're like, if the brakes aren't on, eventually the thing's going to move. It's called so momentum. I always felt, yes. Yeah. So I wouldn't do it fast as the other guys, the rope pull with the truck and the whole thing. But I'd like to think if there's enough lube on those uh, discs, mm -hmm. maybe get it moving a little bit. I got a quick one for you because I know you got to go. Uh, historical figures, uh, another history question for Ryan. Give us our historical comps, Kyle, myself, and your friend Macon. Uh, Kyle's Patton, 
<laughs> Kingston, former teacher, is like, mm hmm. Okay. Uh, I could see. George S. I could see Chris. There's this thing on. Um, if you read the book Estonia. Estonia. Hadn't uh, read it's it unbelievable. yet. Pacific Northwest, this trading post, furs are like the markup on furs is insane. Like if you're getting them for a buck of fur in the States, you're charging China like 100, <laughs> 800. I forget what the markup was. It was nuts. The fur, fur was like FTX there for a little while. <laughs> and so um, there was this guy from Western Mass who just decided to like leave. And he ended up on some expedition out of St. Louis. So Chris didn't like mass. Didn't go to St. Louis. <laughs> Timelines are reversed. Yeah. And then he, he hooked up with these, these trappers who got like wiped out by the Blackfeet. Like mm -hmm. worked except uh -huh. the one guy who was like 18 at the time. And he walked around in the woods by himself for like two years until another expedition found him. And they were like, this guy has seen is some fucking, shit. He's seen some shit. It's a it's kind of like, I'm a guy wandering you're a around. Fair, the you're a feral trapper. <laughs> just, I, I just feel like That's good. Chris has a moment where he just goes, I've had it. And starts walking in the woods mechanically. Every style. day. Every yeah, day. Yeah. Okay. I, think I know you too well. But the thing is, is this guy was like, Chris isn't as crazy as this guy. This guy was so unhinged when they finally found him walking around in the woods for like two years trying to avoid being killed that he was so crazy, his last name became a term for crazy. <laughs> okay, the last one. Uh, Bacon definitely uh, think, is somebody with a wig and, and white. No, I think makeup. it's Aaron Burr. Aaron I think Burr. it's Aaron Burr because Aaron Burr. because the part about the Aaron Burr story that's forgotten that post Hamilton is that he just decided you know it's crazy like somebody will send out a bad tweet now as a political figure or maybe somebody says something they should have said Aaron Burr was like fuck this place let's just start a new country with the Western states let's get a militia together invade Louisiana and just take that over who's with me so I could see Macon just turning on the establishment seceding. Yeah, you know Starting what? Starting at the, the I, green ish light pod. I think he's uh, yeah right exactly. I'll never forget the time we were in the car with Stanford Steve drunk, and uh, Macon and I were fighting. And, and the last thing before I got out of the car to go inside, he goes, "And one more thing, I want my name on the podcast." <laughs> Sounds Steve, like Aaron Burr to me. And Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve just Steve just clutched the wheel and looked straight ahead. Um, <laughs> No, uh, he's going to be happy with that Aaron Burr comp. I was expecting somebody totally more... He's an all-time asshole. Somebody more effeminate or... It's Aaron Burr. Prickly, I guess. He did kill Hamilton. He killed Hamilton? That makes a lot of sense. He's an all-time asshole. All right, well, um, okay, Ryan, you got you to gotta get going, but we appreciate the time. By the way, thanks a lot. Happy holidays to you. Very impressed with Kyle. He's great. Thanks, Ryan. It's good to catch up. Good to catch up, buddy. See you, buddy. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. 
Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. So we had Ryan. That was fun. We love Ryan. Ryan's awesome. Yeah. That was cool seeing you guys on the, on the mic together. Um, I'd love to get a beer with him sometime in person. It's, it'll turn into 12. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Kyle had one question we were going to ask. We ran out of time. Can we do that question about yeah. the horse? Let, yeah, let's run through a couple of the best of the rest. All right, Kyle, if you were a working horse, what job would you want and what job would you not want? I'm going to start this with a little rant about the, the tourism in New York City because I would hate to be a fucking horse that had to carry people around in New York City on those streets. It's hot as shit or it's cold as shit. There's no in-between in New York. And you're out there lugging fuckers around all day. I wonder where they keep the horses. Do they like ship them out to the country at the end of the day? Or is it like everything else in New York City where there's just like a little hole that they put them horses in? Horses got like a 50 square foot apart. Like where do they sleep? So also war horses, you know, back in the day. And I'm sure somewhere they're still warring with horses. You mean like like being uh, Braveheart Front line. Like, holy shit, dude. There's Front line, 70, Battle of the Bastards, Game of Thrones. 78% chance I get him. A pay. police horse, you know, you have a lot of rights as a police horse, but you also have the right to be like the meat shield for your for your police officer. See, I see. I have the police horse on my good, good horse job okay. list, especially the one in New Orleans, because I feel like the people watching is great. But then on top of that, like, think but about- But also get a segue. Yeah, you're right. But think, but the, the terrain down there on Bourbon Street is tough. But the thing about it is, like, you, you know, if you're that horse, you not only have good people watching, you also, you're the only thing that people fear. The people in, on Bourbon it's Street It's like a are, primal fear of an animal larger than you. It you makes could, sense. You could be totally fucked up. You could be a 21-year-old It could be the nicest boy. horse in the fucking world, though, and, which brings me to my initial point. It's a shitty job because people assume that you're this death bringer. Well, the, when you, in reality, you're just like, you got any carrots or drugs? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So plow horses, I didn't want to say Amish horses because I think Mennonites use horses to farm as well. And they fucking farm all day. These are hard-working sons of guns, and I respect it. But I think those horses have had a long enough run. You know what I mean? Uh Maybe get a different method. Uh, The high dive horse, we were talking about this, Scott. (laughs) On Instagram or TikTok or something, I saw that in the 20s and the, the teens, they were, what was it? The fifth that was the fifties? They were jump they were high diving horses from thirty meters up with a rider on it into a little pool. Like for entertainment. Like you know when people dive from really high into yeah. it? Horses were jumping and landing in like six feet of water. They had those those jokers tranked up. That shit looked to be uh painful, but also we did some crazy shit back then, you know, circus and all that stuff. Like people were wild. The horses, man. They, they All right, I got a horse that I'd like to be. Lenny Kravitz's horse. It, that life is probably awesome cuz you know he probably he has horses, right? You've seen his like Costa Rican farm. Think all the hot babes that you get to carry around if you're Lenny Kravitz's horse. Wasn't Beyoncé on a horse recently on like an album cover or like her tour? I've seen it like in on a billboard. That'd be a cool horse. I bet Beyonce Krav- treats her horse right. Probably, probably like a well maintained horse. Yes, but um, yeah, Beyonce does have a horse. Yeah, so yeah, that horse and it's a galaxy horse. That horse is living good. 
Living good. Also, uh, a trail guide horse, or you know, like out west somewhere mm-hmm. on a yeah. dude ranch. You know, yep. this is Bucky, and Bucky's the chillest horse you'll ever fucking meet. And he'll take you up and down them. And he'll tell you if there's grizzlies. So, like a dressage horse, uh, I think it would be good. <laughs> you know, those uh, people ride English or Western. A dressage horse. Western is like Yellowstone riding, and the dressage is where they're like they trot a little bit. I did not know there were this many horses. Yeah, so people out here in Central Virginia, there's a lot of dressage where they do the little jumps. You see a couple. like. Oh, uh, that's what they are. Yeah, yeah they so, get all the ribbons. They just collect those ribbons like pelts on the so wall. So I feel like that'd be good because that's rich folk activity and they're probably treated well as well. Oh, I want to be the stud horse. Think about that. Like you're 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 the man, right? You've done it. You've you've been there. You've done that, and you're just getting jacked off every day. Yeah. Into a bucket. You're like, oh, it's my time. Would you want to be a rodeo horse? Uh, yeah, take it out on the people because that's like the athlete, that's like the athlete of the horses, right? Yeah, yeah, the, like a bucking bronco or like a cutting horse. Yeah, hey, th- that's all the horses, isn't it? I love horses, <laughs> they scare me, dude. Unpredictable, there's wild horses too. You guys didn't mention wild those. horses, I think, yeah. I'm not saying it. I need to get jacked off. I'm just saying those. The, the, <laughs> like if, you, if if you appreciate if you, me for my genes. No, if you compare the stud horse's life to the the life of a you know a, a battle of the bastards horse, it's, it's like much a wagyu different. beef cow. Yeah. All right, and this is not related to Ryan's chain, but what's a fashion accessory you can't pull off but respect on others? Ooh, 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 ooh! Turquoise. Yep. Yeah, like turquoise rings. Every summer, I go up to Big Fork, I'm up in Montana, and I go up to Big Fork and I look at this really cool gallery. It's like Electric uh, Electric Avenue Gifts or something up yeah. there, because Electric Avenue is the Big Fork Road. Um, and they got all this fucking dope, you know, like singer-songwriter jewelry, you know? Legit, made by legit turquoise miners. Yeah, like rings I just, in general. I just haven't wanted to say, Native Americans are, 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 you know, chefing up these gorgeous, rings and I can't pull them off but some guys can like Charlie Whitehurst can pull that off Gardner Minshew he can kind of pull that off maybe I can pull that off but I'm afraid to go home to my wife wearing one she's like who the fuck do you think you are you <laughs> know what like I mean? Mike White's wife uh, a couple weeks ago who are you yeah that's what she would say to me if I walked in with came some, home with a turquoise ring with on. some turquoise I think uh, any any of the excessive jewelry I don't, I don't wear a bunch of jewelry I wear a watch sometimes but you know people really pull off multiple rings and bracelets like yeah. you know like a johnny depp at trial type that's what i'm saying bracelets. people pull that shit off but that's what i'm saying yeah it's like it's like the yeah we can't do it we're big guys uh also wearing dress shoes with no socks with like a visible yeah, ankle line i just got you know cankles so. not into that there's two for me what about like a texas tie a no. bolo tie. Yeah, bolo tie. Yeah, you can, you I can, can do a bolo. bolo. Tie, yeah. you, you can rock a bolo. That's an everyman's tie. I can rock a turquoise bolo today. No Bolo's problem. an everyman tie. God, just need something to do it. Good question. Yeah. And then a cane looks cool and is also kind of useful. Could be a sword in there, too. Looks really cool. But I don't think I could pull it off. No. An umbrella. Would, um, you, would you rather be eaten or taxidermized? That's a good question, Kyle. Because I'd, I'd be, rather be... I'd rather be taxidermized. Same. You Put just, me on display. Some some Billy Bob, that the the fucking American sniper of the of, of Green County, just put it right behind my ear and then put me on the wall, man. Because I was looking at this squirrel with a pistol, and I think that's the probably the coolest squirrel I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, that squirrel... Think about it. Think about it. A lot eating. like the horses. 
could you could have been the squirrel that got run over in, in a fucking 25 mile per hour zone yeah but you ended up being the squirrel that's behind me and you on the podcast was pretty cool holding yeah, a little fake a cowboy, hat. And a cowboy hat like that's pretty cool taxidermized easy easy by the way how great would a history podcast with ryan and kyle be oh it'd be great ryan i'm really really impressed he's really good at history he knows he's it. good at history. Yeah, I mean, he just he spit those right out. He's passionate about it, like his buddy Trent Delfer is passionate about football. About UAB athletics, aren't we all? Wow.